The Stinkin' Truth Podcast is presented by Core Water. He spent 12 years in the NFL. You can't trust a guy that gyrates his hips after he scores. Has three Super Bowl rings, made multiple Pro Bowl appearances, over 16 years of broadcasting between ESPN and Fox Sports. And that's why I'm the greatest football player and best sports analyst ever. He's a soap opera star. That's pretty, uh... I can't remember what I was supposed to say. <laughs> As a reoccurring role on HBO Ballers. Mark Slareth, handsome son bitch, get out here. And makes one hell of a bowl of green chili. It's Mark Slareth, and this is the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. I am your host, Mark Slareth, along with my uh, co-host, Mike Evans, back from open heart surgery. So glad to have him back. We're going to get into uh, uh, Guillain Beret syndrome. Travis Frederick diagnosed with that from the Dallas Cowboys is something I suffered with in 1993. So we're going to knock that out, let you know exactly kind of what I went through. And it's a pretty compelling story. But first, got to uh, thank our corporate sponsor, thank the sponsor of this show, and that is Core Water. Hydrate your huddle with Core pH Balanced Water, ultra purified and balanced with electrolytes to match your body's natural pH of 7.4. pH is where your body performs at its best. 7.4 is where it needs to be, and this water is crisp, it's clean, it is absolutely delicious, the perfect uh, water for faster hydration. Um, and got a great bottle as well. You can find Core at your neighborhood 7-Eleven. It's the one in the blue cap. Core pH balance water. Learn more at hydratewithcore.com. Mike, it is so good to have you. How you feeling, buddy? How are you? I'm good. You know, it's 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 cool when you say, you know, back from open heart surgery. I mean, that just makes me sound so badass, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, it really, really does. You know, I mean, we're talking about crack the chest, split it, spread it, take the heart out. I was surprised they found a heart. Uh, I've been around you for a long time. I thought maybe they would just find like a black hole like in Spaceballs. Yeah, just like a gaping black maw. Yeah. There's nothing in there. But uh, no, great to be back. And um, you you got the cow valve, right? I got a cow valve. My mom had I need more cow valve. Right. I was like, do you have you noticed any cow tendencies like... uh, True Maybe. story. True story. The other day, I'm out to dinner with my wife, uh-huh. and she ordered prime rib. Right. And you felt and when when the plate was delivered mm. in front of her, I remember looking at it, and I kind of felt bad. Right. For what was on that plate. Right. I kind of felt bad. Have you ever noticed any milk maybe leaking out of your nipples? You know, like I'm starting to lactate like or something. Uh, yeah, you know? I got a joke for you. Okay. Okay. okay, okay no, right. wait a minute. No, hold, like on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm not supposed to laugh. <laughs> okay, but okay, okay. The, the chesty is but still pretty is, sore okay, right okay. now. I, I went, just one quick choke. Okay, knock knock. Okay, who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting. Moo! Cow. <laughs> <laughs> You're so stupid. My granddaughter loves that joke. <laughs> Ow! Ow! That hurts. Uh, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad. Sorry, that hurts. I am. I am uh, actually. I'm really glad. Uh, yeah. That you're back. I, I I got a chance to go visit you in the hospital. I was I was shocked at how well you were doing this two days or a day and yeah. a half after. No, uh, it's it's actually quite common surgery. Just a quick uh, soapbox moment here. Um, uh, my my uh, my, my uh, leaking valve got just got discovered through just a um, random physical. You know, my family doctor heard a heart murmur, sent me to a cardiologist. They ended up doing an EKG, found out that I had this uh, leaking valve. That required the surgery. Otherwise, I was feeling good, so I wouldn't have known about it, and I then would have had problems down the road. So, if I just may say to all the the fellows out there listening, mm-hmm. uh, even feel feel good. You know, if you can get that that heart checked out, do it. 
let's play from ahead with the hard issues rather than try to play catch up. Well, yeah, as guys, you know, it's funny. I, I tell my wife this all the time. If I'd never gotten married, I'd probably be dead. Right. Because I won't do anything for myself. Like, I'm just not going to go check anything out. Uh, she's the one that schedules everything and makes me go. And I'm glad to have her because, um, like I said, I wouldn't do it without her. And I'm glad that I'm glad that you got it checked out. Yeah. By the way, this since we're all talking about medical stuff, I mean the big big story, this Travis Frederick thing. So it's how do you pronounce Guillain Barre Barre syndrome? GBS is much easier. You know, I've said it wrong so many times. I call it Gillian Barr or Guillain-Barr syndrome. I'm not 100% sure. I, I use dictionary.com just to look at the pronunciation. It was Guillain-Barre, oh, sorry, Guillain-Barre syndrome, but GBS. So I, I didn't, when I first saw the story about Travis Frederick, I was like, well, that that stinks, I guess, you know, that you got this, but I, I didn't realize it was such a big deal in, until you and I started talking about this. That mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about striking close to... I mean, you had this. Yeah. You know what yeah. this is all about. Right. Everybody's reaching. This is scary. This is really scary, scary shit right here. Yeah. I mean, really scary. Um, so you go back to my career in 1993. Um, going into the season, I had felt tired. I had felt like I, I didn't have the energy. I didn't have the strength that I normally had. And it was really strange, Mike, because... You know, I'd be in the middle of a game. I'd be blocking a guy, and I'd be in great position, like just great position. Now, you got to remember, Super Bowl champion, Pro Bowler in 1991, played the entire season in 1992 hurt, never practiced one day. I could hardly get through a walkthrough on Saturday, started all 16 games, had an elbow and a knee that needed to be operated on, made it through the season, um, was an alternate to the Pro Bowl and had to turn down the invite to the Pro Bowl in 1992, even though I never practiced. So I was a decent player. You know, I was a Pro Bowl player back when it wasn't fans voting for the Pro Bowl, you know, when it was like to me, it was real. And um, and I am knee deep in a dude like I'm I'm blocking the heck out of this guy. And all of a sudden I'm on the ground and like, what the what like, what the hell is going on? Like, What's happening to me? And. It was devastating because I'd be watching myself on film. I like I suck, and I had no idea why. And, you know, and the coaches. I mean, I'm a, a multiple, you know, like a Pro Bowler and Super Bowl champion, and and you know, I, I mean, they're like, dude, what, like, what do you, what's going on here? What's going on here? And so it, it just is. I'm not playing well. It's depressing. Oh, you just were you weak, or you were just all of a sudden like, well, where'd my coordination go? Or right, all of that. I had no idea what was going on. So I show up. One Wednesday, and this is in the in the fall, it's probably about no, early November. Like we play probably around eight games or so, and I notice it's like I think it was Thursday because we had practiced on Wednesday, and I show up on Thursday and my toes in my left foot are going numb, and there's a little numbness on my foot, and. I was like, huh, I don't know what's happening, but I was talking to the trainer. I go, maybe my tape was too tight or whatever. And and so we're like, all right, well, we'll just kind of monitor it. And then actually that was Wednesday night after practice is when I started noticing my toes going numb. So we thought it was just the tape. And then Thursday, my left foot was a little bit more numb and it kind of crawled down throughout the bottom of my foot. By Friday, it was the whole bottom of my foot, some of the top of my foot, and my right foot started going numb. And now we're like, something's going on here. 
this is a testament to how stupid I am. By Saturday, both hands were going numb. Both feet were numb. Sunday, I showed up to the Meadowlands to play the Giants. Both feet are numb from my ankles down, and both hands are completely numb. So what do I do? You play. I play. I stumble around for about seven plays. I almost broke my ankle because I had no feeling in my foot. Like it's, it's like you had fallen asleep on the couch and your foot falls asleep. Like it's dead foot. And I'm out there trying to play. I roll my ankle. I pull myself after about after a series or so. It's with like seven plays. And I go to the doctor. I said, something's really wrong with me. Like this is not, this is not good. So at that time in 1993, there was no diagnosis for GBS. It was a process of elimination. So we leave Giants the game. We fly back to D.C. I instantly get in a car and head to the hospital right from the airport. They check me into the Arlington Hospital where I spent about the next seven or eight days in the Arlington Hospital going through a litany of tests to try to figure out what the hell was wrong. Now, is this thing continuing to spread? Every every day, it spreads farther up my legs and farther up my arms. And every day, I'm weaker and weaker as I'm I'm going through it. We're watching the first day I'm in the hospital. So I check in Sunday night. Monday night football's on. Mark Addix, who's a doctor in Houston, who was uh, the godfather to my kids. He played 10 years of professional football, then went to Houston, uh, or then went to Harvard Medical School. Like, he's much smarter than I am. He's in the. He's done far more with his life than you have. Actually, I've done nothing. Mark Addix is, you know, my hero. Uh, One of the great, he's an unbelievable doctor, one of my greatest friends. Um, He's just a wonderful human being. But he's at the hospital with me and, and my wife and the kids. And uh, and it's it's kind of funny. Like I'm laying in the hospital bed, and all of a sudden, my face essentially starts to swell shut. Like my lips swell to the point where, like, I'm unrecognizable. My one eye swells completely shut. My other eye is just a little piss hole in a snowbank. You know, you can hardly see through it. Like I don't know what's going on. My whole side of my face is just like it's gonna pop. And like. And they and don't know. They have no idea what's going on what, with what, my body. What, what are they? Are they thinking you're having many strokes? Or they, they at, at first they thought I had a brain tumor. Okay. So now I'm doing CAT scans and I'm doing. I mean, you name it, blood tests. Um, I had multiple spinal taps, and for anybody who's had a spinal tap, um, it's it's worse than it actually sounds. So anybody who's had it can can relate to it, but like. First off, my back, I'm a, I'm a real sway back, you know, and just years of playing football and, you know, my back is really swayed and bent. So you got to kind of curl the opposite way to kind of open up your spine. And then they take this big ass needle and they shove it into your spine and they draw spinal fluid down to the bottom of your spine where your spinal cord isn't. And it it's excruciating. And they had real trouble penetrating the muscle walls and getting the needle in there. So, I mean, it's just, I'm laying in this bed and my, they had a, I was in a suite. So a suite had a separate room so my family could sleep while I'm sleeping in the hospital bed and nurses are checking me every hour. It had sliding doors and they had beds and, you know, it was a really beautiful um, suite that they put, you know, me in because I played for the skins. Um, 
And so my family could stay there with me and my, I could hear my kids crying yeah. in the background because I was like, ah, you know, the whole time just screaming as they're trying to shove this needle into my back multiple times. And so that was part of that whole process. And I mean, it was, like I said, excruciating. They actually wheeled me down one day and did what they call a nerve conduction study. So I'm in the basement of the hospital and they've got me wired. So they put these these thin, almost like acupuncture needles in, in places like in my shoulders and in my, and, and then down in my hand. And then they hook wires up to it and then they shock you like grabbing onto a horse fence. And I mean, there was this, this button, you had to push the button, click, click, click. You never knew when it was going to shock you. And then all of a sudden you put, and it shocked the living piss out of you. What was your doctor's name? Frankenstein? Right, exactly. It was like Jesus. they wheeled me down into some military institute, right? And they were monitoring how how the signal travels from one spot to the next. So, you know, for Travis Frederick. Can, can, well, well, go what could think? Because all of the physical pain and anguish that you're describing is... I mean, it's 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 you know breathtaking, I guess. Right. But I can only imagine what what's going on in your head. There's no diagnosis. People are spitballing. Right. We're talking about brain tumor. Yeah. You know, you're you're there for a week. You got all this time. You're laying there in bed, just and getting sicker all the time. As I'm in the hospital where you're supposed to be getting healthy, I'm getting sicker and sicker and sicker. What are you? What's your mind doing to you? I mean, what's going through your mind? I mean, what are you thinking? Um, are you? Yeah, I'm thinking. I, I can that, only imagine right, the potential of my career being over. Career, right? I, Contin- am I going to walk out of here? Right. All those things. Every one of those things God, is going that... to through your brain. Oh. Um. And you know, at the time, I was what 26 years old. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to be bulletproof at 26 right. years old. So I've got all these all these things running through my brain. They they keep going and going and finally they just come up with well. Here's what you have after a week. We've eliminated MS and lupus, and we've eliminated uh, with CAT scans uh, brain tumors and other tumors. Uh, you have what we call Guillain-Barre syndrome. And so it was explained to me this way, Mike. It's an autoimmune deficiency. Essentially, I am allergic to a type of flu virus, and I got that flu virus. That's why, to this day, I can't take a flu shot. I got that flu virus. And my own immune system attacked my body. Now, across or, or throughout your body, all your nerves are protected by this thin, waxy coating. So, essentially, the way it was explained to me is that your body reads that waxy coating as the same as whatever virus you're allergic to, and it starts attacking it, and it eats away those nerve endings. So, for me, once I finally got to know, diagnosed, Mike, because I didn't know how serious it could be and how long it could last. And, you know, there were a lot of people that speculated my career was over. But I was relieved. And the reason I was relieved, and this may sound stupid, but I was like, oh, thank goodness. I, it's not that I suck or that I forgot how to play football. There was something dramatically wrong with me. So when that signal from your brain gets sent to your extremities, like to punch here or to move your foot here, it gets interrupted. And then your foot doesn't move. And all of a sudden, you're out of balance, and the guy's right around you, right? So that was actually a relief. But now I get sent home to basically, hey, uh, good luck. I hope you heal. And They didn't give you a timetable? None. So I had lost all the feeling in my legs from my knees down. 
um, both legs, all the feeling in my arms from my elbows down. Uh, I went from 295 to about 235. Wow! In in just a couple of months, um, I fell down. I, I fell down the stairs multiple times because you don't, you can't feel what you're like the way you're stepping. Um, I'll never forget. Uh, like one of the things I like to do in the off seasons, um, I always made my kids lunches when they went to school. I got up early and I'd make sandwiches, and I made. I pride myself on making these great lunches, right? And I would always write these funny notes, and people would gather around the the uh, lunch table to read my kids' notes. I'd encouraging notes or stupid notes or funny. It was just one of the ways I kind of interacted with them. And so I'm making this great Dagwood type sandwich, you know, just a meat and cheese and lettuce and tomatoes and mayonnaise and all kinds of stuff. And it's a great sandwich. And so I've got the cutting board, and I I sliced with the knife, and I set the knife down, and I missed the cutting board because again. I don't have really any feelings in my hands and in my feet. And I'll never forget, like your brain would normally send a signal, oh, quick, move your foot. And I'm watching, it's almost like slow motion. I'm watching this knife hurl to the floor. And I'm thinking the whole time as I'm watching it, shit, I hope that doesn't land in my foot. And my foot did not move. And it literally, the knife fell. It was a big, thick knife, fell and bam, stuck right into the wood floor. Like that thing would have just penetrated. It had pierced my foot. You couldn't move your foot. Didn't like your brain's like my brain's saying move your foot. And I'm going, damn! I hope that doesn't hit me in the foot because that thing did not. It didn't move an inch. I it couldn't. The the signal would get interrupted. So you know, getting back to so so like you know, I mean, incredibly crass on my part here, but uh, I mean, what about like taking care of yourself? You know, like you poop. You know. Could yeah, you, could you you know wipe your ass or what? Honey, I mean, need a wiper? No, I you know I mean you just like if your finger broke through the toilet paper, you just didn't you know something <laughs> touched your butt, but you didn't know what it was. Like whoa! <laughs> no, no, I mean I, I could wipe you, my own. Don't you don't, <laughs> don't, don't make me laugh. Oh, sorry. Are you laughing? No, but seriously, like whoa! Hello, doctor, doctor. <laughs> About a quart low. Uh, yeah. So, so let's just your say butt you just, could feel it, but so, your finger couldn't. So there were things that you, let's just say, that all guys could relate to. There were there were certain things that you could do, and you just didn't quite have the same kind of uh, feel. It's like an episode of Ghost, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Uh, so no, but but seriously, you know, going back to got to inject a little right, levity into yeah. this, folks. Okay, but yeah. so going back to Travis Frederick. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing you have to to start to understand is everybody's affected differently. Mm-hmm. I've visited, you know, lots of people in the hospital who had this. Um, it's still, in some cases, is fatal. Um, in some cases, it, there's permanent paralysis. Um, like, you know, some cases like me, it, there's complete recovery. Um, you just don't know. Every case is different. The thing about Travis is he was diagnosed quickly and he's already been treated. Now, the way they do this and and like this is just from me talking to people and and I've talked to the Cowboys. They didn't confirm this, but they do these blood transfusion things and they treat you with steroids and they try to get you back quickly. So I think those things those are that's part of the deal and and they've already talked about him having two treatments so I'm assuming that's just me assuming that those are the things that are going on but again you have no idea his own doctor came out and said the odds of him playing the, it, there's greater odds that he misses the entire season than he plays in week 1 so for me this thing came on 
1993 before training camp. In the middle of 1993, I went on IR. I was I, my feet and hands were numb for the better part of six months. Um, I started working out again in April. I still had numbness in my feet. By the time I came back to camp, I'd only gotten back to 270, 272. Um, and a couple of my toes were still numb through training camp. I did not have my full strength. I did not recover where I felt like I was fully strong again and like I was back to myself until probably week 11 or week 12 of the 94 season. So for me, this was a, almost a six-month or, or I mean, a, like a 16, 18-month ordeal that that I went through this. Um so like every day, as quickly as it came on over the course of just a few days, it was from tingling in my fingers to my entire hands and, and elbow, up to my elbows being completely numb. Same thing, tingling in my toes to all the way up into my knees over my knees being numb. Um, and then it would dissipate like every, every week or two you'd notice, oh, it's, you know what, I've got a little bit of feeling up toward, you know, in my lower knee area now. So it would just slowly, slowly almost, you know, dissipate until the point where, like I said, I came back to training camp and I'm going through training camp and I still have a couple of toes that are numb and I'm, you know, going back to playing again. So this isn't, this isn't one of those things where it's like, okay, yeah, you know, you got four or six weeks. This is like four could, weeks to 14 months it type could, thing. Yeah, you, it could be, and it, and it could be, you know, it could be two weeks. It could be yeah. such a mild case. You just, they, again, you have that's the that's the scary thing about this. You don't know. I mean, they said they caught it early. It could get a hell of a lot worse for Travis, and it could just subside. You got to talk to him. Uh, I yeah, I talked to the Cowboys last night. They're passing along my information to Travis and anything I can do to 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 kind of help walk him through it and and help him kind of understand kind of what I went through and and encourage him. You know, I mean. I was told the only time I've ever been really pissed off about a reporter and a story was David Aldridge, who's a good friend of mine. David Aldridge was a beat writer for the Denver Post, or excuse me, the Denver Post, the uh, Washington Post at the time. And he wrote an article that my career was over, that I, I was going to retire and that I would never come back without asking me. And he had just talked to other people and doctors and stuff about this this sickness. And it's the only time I've ever called a reporter because I'm my own worst critic. You can say anything you want about me, and it's you know I'll I'll grade myself ten times harder than that. Um, it was the only time I ever said that. That's irresponsible, man. You you don't say I'm going to retire. I've never said I was going to retire. I have no plans of retiring. I'm going to fight this thing and try to come back and save my career. I wasn't ready. You know, I just finished my uh, fourth year in the league or something. So at that point, I was not anywhere close to being ready. Um, and so. I, I just, you know, my thoughts and my prayers and, and I just hope that Travis is okay and um and that it's a very mild case and he and he comes back quickly and because he's a great player and, and I have nothing but the utmost respect for him and the Dallas Cowboys offensive line and it really I mean it just really hits host close to home. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you you, you talked about this because yeah, I just as we've been talking, I did a little research on it. I mean, you're talking about one in a hundred thousand people get mm-hmm. this and Based on everything that I've uh, read up on, is that you're the only person in you know really maybe the last three decades in the NFL that has ever been diagnosed with this. So, right. unfortunately, now you have to step aside. You're not the only one anymore. Does I'm not. Bother, huh? Does that bother you? I mean, this was your thing. 
Right. I mean, it but was, nobody remembered that it was my thing until somebody else got true. Right. True. It's kind of the story of my career. Yes. No, it doesn't bother me at all, no. man. Anything I can do to help him or help anybody else, but uh, yeah, it's it's incredibly scary. Uh, but I think it's important, you know, for people to know because you know I think we 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 think of we think of football as injuries, you know, and mm-hmm. okay, you're hurt. This is the timetable. You guys play through incredible amounts of of pain and injury. But this is this is one of those things that you you are completely at the mercy of just how your body's going to react to this, and there's no timetable. Right, time right. You, you don't and, know. And there's no, and there you don't know if the treatment's going to. Uh, there's plenty of people that have been through the treatment and uh, and you know seven years later are still have paralysis. Right, like there's there's plenty of this that goes on. So you just not to scare everybody to death, no. but. This is just the reality of of this particular autoimmune deficiency or autoimmune disease. So very scary stuff. Um, I've gotten I've fielded calls from every journalistic, you know, every radio station and paper and everything else in in the Dallas area and and USA Today and the Athletic and everywhere else. So um, I just wanted to make sure I put this out and kind of give you my story and, and kind of my recovery. And, and the thing is, is, you know, I went on to play another seven years and, um, well, part of a couple of world championship teams. And, and so, and you're completely good now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, nothing, nothing residual. No, nothing at all. So, um, but you know, it was a scary journey. No, no question about it. And it took a recovery took, you know, the better part six of a months. year and a half, but, but really six months of with, yeah, with numbness. With, Numbness in Hands, my extremities, arms. yeah. Damn. Yeah, pretty scary stuff. So hoping uh, the best for him. Uh, obviously, shout out to Travis and, uh, and to the Dallas Cowboys and, and uh, just hoping that uh, he has a fast and quick recovery and we can enjoy watching him play again this year. All right, Mike. Well, it's great to have you back, buddy. I appreciate you, bud. No more laughing, okay? No more jokes. No. Moo! <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. That's the Stinky Truth Podcast. I'd like to uh, thank our presenting Ow. sponsor, Core Water for Mike Evans, for Scott the Huff, our producer. I am Mark Schler. I hope this was informative for you. And um, again, prayers. And uh, if you have the opportunity to lift up Travis Frederick and uh, Dallas Cowboys in your prayers, uh, please do that because they, uh, they work. Uh, for everybody associated with the show, we thank you so much. And uh, we'll be back with you next week.